Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Martini. I'm Susan and I am joined by my co-host Melissa. Hello everyone. And today we are going to talk about two different shows that we recently binged, both of which are on Apple TV. One is super intense and then we'll talk about the other one, which we like to refer to as a palate cleanser. Although I wouldn't go <laughs> all the way down that road because it palate cleansers to me are super light and this was a dark comedy and it was a lot of cringy moments but Very we'll talk about, we'll we'll talk about that yeah the type where you have to like st- like I had to walk away from it I had to like put it on pause and like and walk just away like, oh, oh yeah I didn't just do no, that or say I, that yeah. yeah I just can't watch this something's gonna happen that I don't want to see yeah exactly yeah. it was one of those so but it was <laughs> and it wasn't a crime thriller it wasn't one of Susan's like super crime ones either so but it was kind of close so anyway first one is uh five days at memorial and I had never had no idea what it was about. And Tom had recommended it to me because he watched it. Um, he um, had watched it and said, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And typically he likes very different. We watch very different things. Right. But it was one of those ones. I'm like, okay, so here we are. And then I watched it and was so like distraught by it and, and unsettled mm-hmm. by the whole thing that I'm like, Susan, you got to watch it. We have to talk about this. Well, it reminds me, it's like, I'm always astounded when something that historically big, I find out later, I did, there was so much I didn't know. Like when I saw Hotel Rwanda. Yep. And I'll never forget the scene where they're drive. they've gone to get food in the middle of the night and they're driving back and it's dark and it's a bumpy road and the sun comes up and they realize all the bumps were bodies. And I remember being like, dear God, how did this happen? And I did not know about this at all. Right. So this, five you know, days. obviously we knew about Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, that was what the story, We, I guess we didn't tell them what it was about. Yeah. It's about her, it's, it's, it was a kind of a um, actor reenacted, but a lot of historical. Um, yeah, they, they splice in yeah. real scenes from the actual, you know, hurricane. hurricane. Um, it's at a hospital, Memorial was the hospital. Mm-hmm. It was a Baptist hospital. And it was in that section, and I don't know enough of this section, but it was near one of the big levees that broke. Yeah. And one, one thing is, so this show originated from a book that originated, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from an article that a gal wrote for the New York Times about yeah. all of this. And then, you know, it just blew up and people were like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting because it, it goes, Hurricane Trichina was like in 2005. So it's quite old. And obviously we just had Hurricane Ian that was devastating to Florida and Katrina, we we recognized, but I think like they're saying that 1500 people died or something. It was really bad, but this specific, specific storyline was just about the hospital. So go ahead. You have some questions, Um, questions, right? So, well, yeah. So we've got to kind of paint the scene for the listeners. So there's this hospital and, um, you know, the, the hurricane hits and they survive it and their generators are on and they're like, the next day the sun's coming up and they're like, okay, we're going to be okay. But the le- levees broke within, a, you know, a, I don't know how many, let's say a couple miles, but water is literally pouring into the city. And all of a sudden when the water, they're watching it, it should be going down, it starts to go up and then they get word that this has happened so they know that within a matter of hours, they're going to lose their first two floors at the hospital. So they've got to get as much of the food and supplies, which are on the lowest floor, and then patients and all of these other just people who have 
poured into the hospital during the hurricane just for safety yeah. because their homes you know weren't safe now they've got to get all these people and move them and also the power is in the basement so once that's flooded they're going to lose everything and you know they're not prepared they're they didn't have any like real hurricane preparedness in in this type of a disaster right like well, they didn't have a evacuation plan they didn't they had, it no had every other disaster things like nuclear blah blah yeah. blah but there was nothing they like the authorities were like well get your get your evacuation plan out and they were like we don't have one giant book right three inches thick not a single thing for what happens if we have to evacuate right so and also and again we're going to probably do this a lot of back and forth as we remember stuff but not only was this a hospital but there was a second entity attached to the hospital called life care well it was it was another mini hospital yep. and my understanding if i if i perceived it right from the show was that it was almost like um like a long term care facility was, right. so a lot of these people you know couldn't like there was a very overweight man like 400 pounds or whatever like he was he wasn't super old, but he was, he couldn't get out of bed. Like he was paraplegic. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. He couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so things like that. So they had long-term care and that was like 50 or so people on one floor and then a staff. Correct. And those people relied on some of the hospital for obviously all their resources, but also relied on them for, you know, kind of direction and money and what are we doing, but they were almost their own separate entity running staff and doing their own decisions. Well, they didn't, they were, no, I'm going to correct you there. They oh. were not related to the hospital. That's why, if you remember how many times they were like, they're not even going to help us. They were, they were not funded by the hospital. They were a completely different entity. But they had they, the same electricity and food, I think, right? Didn't they all share mm -hmm. that kind of that, those I don't, I don't know. Definitely not money. I mean, they no, were definitely not money. That's yeah. Right. And they didn't share staff. They didn't have the same no. parent company or anything like that. They shared the same, they just shared the same building. Right. Exactly. So that's part of it too. Um, but they did, they did communicate back and forth. Well, yeah, they were, they kind of went down like, Hey, yeah, you know, we're part of this, like what's going on. But like, exactly. you know, they were definitely like an afterthought to the rest of the people. Yeah in memorial in charge, right the administration right mm -hmm. so the story kind of focused on the um hospital administrator who they portrayed a woman which probably was a woman i can't imagine why they wouldn't oh no she is yeah mm -hmm. she was and then there were maybe you know obviously whenever they called in the major staff for meetings to kind of give them updates it, it looked maybe like 25 to 50 people were in a room but there seemed to be like five players that were mostly focused on in the course of the story right right um, the head doctors, um, an older gentleman doctor who seemed very calm, presence, and mm -hmm. was very much um, very concerned about everybody. Then there were a couple other doctors who it seems like to me were very like skeptical of what was going on. And what didn't one of them carry a gun then at some point? Yeah, that was the guy who had to euthanize all the pets. He had yeah. a gun in his pocket. He's like, it's legal. And they're like, you're kind of making people uncomfortable with it. Exactly. But they were... <laughs> spreading rumors and there was no communication so they didn't know people were flooding into the hospital but then they were saying all the looting which was happening and they were saying people were coming in and stealing and part of it is too there was their whole race factor right so you have a lot of these nurses african-american nurses who are working and the administrators are mostly oh they were all white 
of course. So that, that had a play in it too. And I'm sure that was part of some of the feelings that were going on as things were getting more intense. Again, it's five days. It felt like a lifetime to me. Because oh my God. I mean, horrible. imagine five days trapped in there, you lose power, you're yeah. running out of um, food and water, the toilet stopped working. So there's yeah. like crap, literal crap, like yeah. spewing everywhere. The, their AC didn't work and it was, yes. you know, ridiculously hot. So everyone's sweating and dirty and smelly. Yeah, it's terrible. And, and, and then add in the level of stress that's going on and, and that you still have to perform your job. And now at a higher level, because you don't even have tools anymore. You gotta, you gotta think on your feet and you're exhausted. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, like, on, I mean, it, it looked like a third world country on steroids. I mean, it was just so crazy to me. So there was an, the hospital administrator did have someone who was trying to get um, in touch with the, the owner or the, the parent the, company, the parent company of the hospital who didn't seem to be doing a whole hell of a lot or care. No, they were in Texas. And there seemed to be one gentleman who was very, very concerned. He must have been um, retrieving the emails and seeing the emails. And it wasn't almost until day three or four. And he brought this to his boss's attention in, in Texas at this hospital you know, company and was like, something's bad's going on. They need resources. And they weren't providing them. No, they needed, like helicopters for evacuation. They needed the Coast Guard there. They needed boats. And they, the guy was like, well, the, the resources are there. The National Guard will handle it. So this one. There was a lot of passing the buck and pointing the finger elsewhere. Like, oh, I'm sure. I mean, I think everyone was assuming that like there had to be a plan and like, oh, I'm sure it's being taken care of. This is a big deal. It's like, nope, nobody, not just in the hospital, nobody seemingly in the entire city state area had any idea how to deal with a disaster of this level yeah well and then there's also <coughs> the governmental factor of how really bad fema fucked up right oh god and Bush. I mean, they didn't show up for like two terrible. weeks yeah it was terrible it was really a historical and like you said we saw it and we saw how terrible it was and we saw we knew people but we didn't see how terrible it was we thought we saw how terrible yeah. it was yeah we did you're exactly we, right. we didn't even begin to understand yeah. how terrible it was so, until i saw this show yeah. yeah to see exactly what happened because you know until you know that these levees that are holding all of the water from you know until you know that that breaks and that was contributing on top of the hurricane stuff the whole infrastructure until you see that, you're just like blown away. So anyway, it was, you'll have the question. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. So yeah, um, I think that's why it was, I couldn't. I, I, I do think they did a really good job of helping you to see what it felt yeah. like to be trapped in a sweltering hospital in a city that had descended into chaos. I mean, that kind of encapsulates this yeah. one, one layer of the story. Sure. Um, so I have some questions that I, full disclosure, got off you know, online. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the behavior and decisions that were made by the medical staff at Memorial? I was, um, I have two thoughts on this because I was astounded at the lack of direction and authority that the main administrator had. I mm -hmm. thought he relied too much on input from other people that were trying to also have decisions. It didn't if she didn't like take charge and they needed someone charge. to really take charge and she, she definitely kind of waffled. I think so. I also think there's not a real big like collaborative, like who's the main five people, like a committee who are mm -hmm. in charge of this. So she listened to what was happening, and didn't have a lot of direction. She also, which is true, whether this was true or not, the story, the show showed that her mother was there yes. with her. 
her mother was there. And so she also was concerned and yeah. focusing on her mother. It's like, correct. And you know, that was a huge conflict of interest, which leads me to believe it probably was there. Because but let me they, clarify. Her mother was not a patient. She was no. just there in her office that day when this all started to unfold. And, and she wanted to keep her safe and protect her because she was going to be there. So I thought the administration <clears throat> was like horribly mis wrong and they did not lead people. I think some of the doctors were getting fed up, but the nurse staff had the admiration I had for some of these nurses and what oh, I know. they did to save the patients and try to keep everyone at ease was remarkable to me. It was well, and let me say this just to give you guys listening a, a snapshot of this. So remember, they have no power. Yeah. Um, and they figure out that they can get some, some helicopters are going to come. Some of them could only take like one patient, but whatever they could come, they have to get the patients up to the roof. Now it's two or three levels of very steep rickety metal stairs and they've got to carry wheelchairs and sometimes beds yeah. up yeah. these stairs to the roof for the helicopter. And these are not bodybuilders. These are like a bunch of little nurses and some doctors and they're like lugging this heavy equipment and sometimes oxygen tanks. And it's like in the heat, in the dark or not always, but I mean, unbelievable yeah. to think about how they had to get these patients out. Yeah. The hospital was not, they didn't even have a good evacuation like helipad, right? The helipad, they were even unsure of whether it would hold the helicopters. And it looked like I thought that was going to happen. Like they that's what I thought too. Perhaps, because this helipad in the stairs to get up there was like so outdated that they, hadn't, it, they hadn't used it in years. They were like, when's the last time that was used? We should see if it's even working. It was yeah. like, Oh dear God. Yeah. So they were not. Um, so these nurses were carrying uh, people up and taking them down and trying to get them out is the best they could. But you're right. They did not send enough helicopters in the beginning. They could take one or two people at a time. And it was just, yeah, that was, but those, those are the two differences to me. How serious some of the nurses and some of the doctors, I think too, it was hard to distinguish at some point because the focus was on specific doctors um, right. took seriously this, this responsibility and what are we going to do? How are we going to get them out? And just the lack of direction from the administration. Right. Well, and then a side note that the separate little hospital, yeah. I thought all of them were amazing. Like yeah. they never stopped caring about their patients. No. They were going to the big hospital and saying, you got to help us. We got to do this. Like they, they didn't want to leave anyone behind or do it, like, and, but they kept being put aside because they weren't a priority because they weren't technically related. So it was like, yeah, yeah, we haven't forgotten about you, but we'll deal with you later. And this one woman was like seemingly like six months pregnant who was like yep. in charge. And I, I mean, she was going around and comforting everyone and because these patients were scared and I thought I was really impressed with them. Yeah, for sure. So I thought they did a good job portraying that. And I'm sure that that's exactly how it went down too in real life. Okay, yeah. I have one question that gives away that I don't want to go to yet. So I'm going to ask you this one. What shocked and disturbed you the most? Was it the actions of the staff, the unpreparedness of the hospital, or the horrific conditions they operated under? Everything. I, I was, agree. I was shocked at the lack of the parent um, hospital organization's response to it. it. Stepping uh, up. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked at the lack of resources for this hospital, generally from either the Coast Guard, the FEMA, whatever, whoever is supposed to come in. I'm shocked at that. I was shocked at the administration's lack of it. I was, I was shocked at how 
some people really stood up and did what they were supposed to do, like took their oath, their Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oath, I guess that's what those doctors do, how seriously they took it. I mean, I was shocked at the whole thing. You know, what shocked me too is when the day, all right, so just so people know, day five, was it the police? Who came in to order them out? Yeah. Some some official people um, came in really aggressive. And they said it was 11 in the morning and they still had like, what, 200 patients or something. And they said, everyone has to be out of this building by 5 p.m. Like they they didn't give them. They said, we're going to send boats. But they, there weren't enough boats being sent to get this job done in the amount of time they were given. So they had so ultimately they ended up having to leave people behind. But I was shocked that they there was no compassion. They, they kept trying to explain to this official person we can't do that we don't have the resources and they write no you got to do it and just left and I was like what was that yeah I don't know where that came from either whoever that department division whoever those people were they're to blame too that that was that wasn't fair they put them in an impossible position yeah they did where they had to decide who's going to live and who's going to die and because they couldn't take again because everyone could not get out So they, you know, by day three, I think they were starting, there were rumors, someone started a rumor, and I'm not sure where this rumor was that boats were coming. And I'm not sure. Remember that guy showed up? Yeah, he said, Oh, boats are coming in the morning, get everyone ready. But then remember, they got everyone ready. And while they were getting everyone ready, someone came and robbed them. Yes. So I think that guy was lying. Yeah, he was. And then they went and robbed them. But in the meantime, they got like all these people lined up all the patients in their wheelchairs and their beds ready for the boats. And then no boats came. No boats came. You're right. Which is, I mean, I mean, the idea that someone during that would go into a hospital and with the intent of robbing them and knowing, I mean, it's just like the evil in the world is astounding to me sometimes that someone would do that. Well, it's taking advantage. Yeah, but it's horrible. I mean, I mean. Yeah, all of it. I think that there was so much decision-making that other people were trying to put their thoughts on how it should be done. And again, the woman in charge, I forget her name, but she just was, she just was so overwhelmed and she was Mm -hmm. I think she just wasn't no one was prepared so I can't blame her that she wasn't prepared she just didn't have the leadership skills to handle this kind of thing where she's just like here's what we're going to do here's how we do it she made some decisions but it was a little bit too late I think so yeah now do you know do you remember what they said the pets could not go all right so let me back up and tell people there were all these people right before the hurricane came in off the streets and they had their pets and stuff they weren't patients but then at some point they're saying, when we evacuate, pets can't go. Yeah. Now, I don't remember where that came from, because, but then one of the doctors, and this killed me, had to euthanize all of the pets. Yeah, it was horrible. And they show him sitting in a room, and I mean, he is surrounded by different carriers and whatever, and you just see dead dogs and cats everywhere. And I was just crying. And then yeah. when they go to evacuate, one woman still has her dog, and they're like, oh, no, no, the dog can go on the boat. And I thought, oh, my God. So I didn't know if... if that was just a lucky thing. And they really had been told they had to kill all the animals or if that had been a rumor. And then he thought it was true. I don't know. I don't know that that 
I don't know that they would say the animals. I think that some of the animals were big and they were going to take up space probably that a human could take up. Right. So I do get that. Somehow I think the woman who was able to escape with her dog, mm -hmm. she just protected him and kept him away. I'm sure there were people that would have done that too. Right? Do you I think that they had been told legit that the animals couldn't come? That wasn't no, a I think that was their, I don't think anyone told them that. I think that was their decision. I think that just oh. I had the impression that the administration oh, okay. decided that we need to, Every okay. space has to be taken up by humans and we can't bring all the animals. Yeah. So this doctor was the one who just, and he had a dog himself. And I know he had a big dog. He had a big dog, but they, if the dogs were suffering, there was no food, very no little water. Yeah. Dogs. Right. I mean, it was horrific for everybody. But that was, that was just, oh God, that sure. scene. And yeah. you know, the thing is it's real. Like it's yeah. not that that scene was technically real, but you know that that actually really happened. And I just yeah. was like, oh God. Yeah, so terrible that they found all those animals. I mean, it was oh. So I guess. All right. So so, go so on. that leads to um, yeah. so that leads to what what happened that the, the crux of this book is that now this guy has come in and said, you all have to leave by five and there's no way that they can get all these people out. So then they have to decide, OK, you've got these people. They're going to be left here and they're going to and they can't move. They can't take care of themselves. So they're going to just lay here scared and alone till they die. So yeah. one of the doctors takes it upon herself to quote unquote, make them more comfortable and euthanizes them. Yeah. So the question is, um, you know, how did you feel about that? Did you feel that she did the right thing? Do you feel that um, legal and ethical standards with doctors um, during disasters should be different? Like, well, they can't see you shaking your head. She's shaking your head. <laughs> This is where it's going to get really touchy because I don't, not a doctor, I don't know anyone that is a doctor, so I don't know enough to how the doctors are trained, what they're supposed to do, how they feel about it. But the impression of the show was that doctor had no fucking business doing that. Well, here's the thing, Mary and I were discussing this this morning on our walk, and what I think is, like, I get the, the idea of, like, the horror of leaving them behind. But like, if it were my, and if it was my loved one, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you did what? But if it were me and I was that person in the bed, I would like them to offer me the option. Correct. And if I said, oh yeah, I'm going to die anyway. Give me that shot. But they didn't, they lied. No. They're like, I'm just going to give you a little something for your pain or whatever. And then just kill them. And I think that was absolutely wrong. Yeah. Agreed. I totally agree. And I think that was my biggest problem with the whole thing is that she did not, she just did it. She didn't tell anyone else. She kept it very low key amongst the nurses that helped her. She did have to collude with somebody else to do it and get the drugs. Well, I think and the doctor who killed the dogs told her, cause she kept saying, if you, there was some discussion back and forth. If you wanna make sure they're comfortable or whatever, there was some terminology, you need to do it soon. And then he, she found out what cocktail he yeah. used for the dogs and went and got that from the um, pharmacy. I do not believe at all in, and I get it, but, but this is what I didn't understand. Like they should have had a plan that a doctor was one of the first that were, some doctor was the first to be evacuated. And that, that when that doctor got wherever the hell that they were taking those people, that doctor should have been like, you guys get the fuck, get someone there to help these people. We have people that are not going to make it out in time. We have people who are in trouble there are still people left at that hospital. Someone needs to get there. This is a dire emergency. Right. 
they just assumed that they had till 5 p.m. and that these people were going to be stuck there. What do you think? They just walked out and we're not going to be talking about the people that were left there? I mean, right. I was astounded. And then the doctor, again, I'm very, very passionate about this. That doctor did not give any of those people a choice. And I think 19 of them were absolutely recorded. Just 19, that's all they could prove, were recorded with the morphine and this other drug. Yeah, yeah they had, had right? they had the cocktail. So there's no, there's no way that those people did not die from lethal injection. Oh, and, no, they did. They yeah, absolutely did. Sure. But the fact she had no, she had no right, no right, no business. No, no, that's, that's the thing. It's like, again, she, you know, I, I think compassionately to go and say, look, this is, I, I have no choice here. I, I, we're being ordered to leave and we can't get you out. You can take your chances and maybe someone will be able to get here by this afternoon, but maybe they won't, you know, like, I would have liked to have had the option, but I would never want someone to take myself or my loved one without telling us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so that to me was just, again, a debacle on so many levels to me, right? Like Mm -hmm. that they just, she just decided to do, and she was a, again, I'm sure this was the case, very Christian, very praying all the time. Her and her husband were always praying. And I mean, really? And you're just thinking you're, you are potentially people in comfort, but, um, you're not even giving them a choice. I, no, no, no. I was right. I feel very strongly about that. Do you think that, um, in a disaster like this, that in general, I'm not talking about her specifically, but that doctors or other people in disaster situations should be held to the same standards, like uh, that you would have under normal circumstances, like with laws and things, or do you think that there is kind of a gray area about breaking laws in order to do what you think you need to do, you know, in the current situation? Like, I guess, looting a store because you know you need to get food to save the people who don't have food. Or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is there a gray area in ethics when things go disastrously wrong? I'm sure there is. I'm sure, but I just, I don't, I don't know what those are. And again, that's kind of the medical, like, right. They have to have some sort of, I'm sure this also probably created some other type of protocol for that, for these. Well, people, one would hope so, you know, but I don't, I don't know. Cause I just don't, but I don't, I, I just, I thought there had to have been a way that even if everyone left someone they're going somewhere they're not like okay we're getting on the helicopter and we're dropping you all off at your house or taking you on the boat and walking you around you know yeah 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 it didn't make sense that they could that i mean they're saying everyone has to be out so when they inspected the building they see all these people laying in beds what they were just going to walk away the authorities that were ordering them out they would have had to have done something or or even those doctors that got off the first evacuation posts or nurses or people yeah it just yeah it just i just felt like yeah, she, she played God and she didn't have the right to do that. That's right. Um, so here's a question. In situations like that, who do you think should be saved first and who should make those decisions? Yeah, I, 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 I think there had to be an administrator that had to make those decisions and they had well, to evaluate. I think that should be outlined before it ever happens, <laughs> though, so that it doesn't put someone in that position. And I, you know, yeah, and I think they did have something with the wristbands, you know, people that were... Um, worse off than others they tried to categorize them right yeah well. but i think they came up with that like i think it, sure. i think if they get nothing else out of this they should they should get that they need a protocol for everything yeah. like yeah. How, you know, how to evacuate which they had none and also how you know 
who goes first and whatever. And I think the way they had decided to do it was the black wristbands were the ones. And those are the people that they were saying, like, probably yeah. we're not going to be able to give them out. Like the people who were like that one guy who was really like 400 pounds that they were like, yeah. we can't, he's not going to fit through this particular opening and, you right. know, or things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I they, feel like, yeah. I feel like it should be, God, it's, it's hard. It's like, if it's someone has the a low likelihood of making it, I feel like they should be at the end of the line. But then it's like, I guess then the most critical who need the most medical attention should, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a very gray line. Very, very gray to me. I would, I wouldn't want to be the one to decide. Oh, God. They, they did take a lot of the preemies and the babies out first, which was, I thought like good. And so those, those preemie babies got out, which I think was a very quick decision on their part. So there must've yeah. been some kind of something they knew had to happen. Right. They saved those. At least I got the impression they saved all the preemies or babies. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. But then as far as all the other people, I don't know how they made the final decisions, but I know they just decided that some of these people in this life care center. Well, that's the thing I was just about to say, we should point out to everyone that the, the majority of the people who got the cocktail were yeah. on in that separate hospital. And this doctor that was not part of that hospital. Correct. Went up there and basically euthanized them all. Yeah. And yes, correct. And, um, the other patients were just dying on their own. I mean, there were, you know, a lot of people that died in that hospital, but they just oh, died from lack of care, lack of medicine, lack of overheating probably and, la and dehydrating. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was terrible. So, so yeah. how do you think you would have fared under those conditions? I, I, I have, I thought about that myself. And first off, it was so hot and gross. First off, I do not the gene I, I can care for people, but I don't know that I could ever be a doctor or a nurse, first off. Oh, I, I couldn't. I don't do right. well with, like, just blood or any of that yeah. stuff. Right. Any of that stuff, right? So those people are gifted, I think, in a very specific way to have the compassion and the care and just sacrifice, right? Sacrifice everything about them and their care and their, their well-being for everybody else. I think mothers, I think we have that a little bit. I mean, I know you do for sure, Susan, but do I probably to a point, but I can't, I don't know how I'd be because I don't have that. Well, just think about being, let's say you came in off the street and you were one of the people there. It's just like, I think it's, I think it's the crux of it is, oh. how would you have fared in those circumstances? Not, not being a nurse or a doctor, but just oh. being in a disaster oh. and having to Panic. figure out how you you are going to survive and help those around you survive yeah, whether panic situation for sure it would have been a panic situation yeah you know what I think though I know when I and obviously I've never been in any situation like this but when I've been in situations that are really you know like thrust upon you and it's a yeah. really scary stressful thing I usually don't panic it's yeah. like later I lose my shit when it's over and I'll cry yeah. or whatever like but at the time I'm just like okay, what are we going to do? It's like something just kicks in on autopilot. And you're like, okay, I don't have time to, to like react humanly right now. I have to be robotic and yeah, figure it out. And I probably would have done that, but inside I would have been like sick about oh. it. There's just no way. Right. But I would have done, you just, you just got to step up and you just got to get people to do it. So yeah. Um, it was hard to think about. It was hard. So, 
why do you think the grand jury didn't decided not to bring charges against her? I don't know. So this doctor, everyone is still practicing today. And that is just sickening to me personally. Yeah. But at the very least, she should have lost her license because something, something. She, it, the Hippocratic oath, like it's to protect life. Um, I don't know why. I don't understand. I'd have to, I, I don't know why they did it. I'll tell you what I think. I think that part of it at least is, and they talked about this a little bit in the show. It was such a shit show. And, yeah. you know, they're saying if they had, you know, put, put her away or did whatever they did, then in the next disaster, every doctor would be like, I'm not helping. I don't want to have what happened to her happen to me. And they, they were like, it was kind of like, you know, sacrificing the, this issue for the bigger issue. of We need these people to still be able to practice and do things in a disaster. And if we, if they feel that their freedom is, or their job is at jeopardy, they might not do it. I, I do. Yes, that is correct. I think that was their overarching. I think that was the same for other people in other government in the, in the, in the, in the law, right? Like the DPS and the other lawyers, nobody wanted to do that because of that reason. Right. The domino effect. The, the, well, not the potential domino effect if, and when something like this were to happen again. That's right. But bullshit. So who do you think was ultimately responsible for the tragedy there? Do you think it was the hospital owners, the staff, the government on it, any uh, level? I can't point one finger. I think yeah, it all, it's like it everyone all, fucked up. Yeah, it was, a, it was a train wreck from the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So it's worth watching everyone. Yeah. Like, that. It, like I said, it's a great, it's a good lesson. It's a very interesting story. And it does give you a little bit more. Very eye-opening. and makes you think like, I, I really wonder... I've seen pictures of, for example, Fort Myers and what happened there. But now I'm like, okay, do, is it worse than that? Like, are we, are we getting the whole story? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we were not getting the whole story here. Like this, this, a lot of this did not come out till later. And then it was like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yes. Yeah, so listeners, we recommend you watch it. It's eight episodes. Don't binge it. It's too intense. You got to do it one at a time. And then you need to do a palate cleanser. <laughs> and then you cannot binge. Then you have to binge this next one. But it is hard to binge too. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is called Bad Sisters. It's also on Apple TV. It is a dark comedy. Mm. And I'll just lay out the beginning starts with a guy in you know getting ready I guess for a wake he's in a coffin like set up in the house he's in his pajamas and you know the wife is crying and then all her sisters come she it's five Irish sisters and it's set in Ireland and everyone hates this guy so then the whole show until the end when you find out how he died is about them trying to kill this guy <laughs> yeah yeah and, like he's he's awful like he's like you hate him so it's the most oh my god there are not enough words to describe how awful he is he is the most horrible human being yeah and that it is it's very funny and it's it's done so well done from the um production day the way they show the the present and then how they show the backtracking to yes the, the past and then how they get back where they are in the present mm -hmm. and there's they've added some layers to it. Like they have the insurance um, company who is 
brothers who are in dire, you know, situation of not wanting to make the payout, um, right. trying to prove that it was not a natural death. And so they've added that layer onto it, which adds a little more, more like, sister. well, and then one of those brothers meets one of the sisters, not knowing it's one of the sisters and they start a relationship and like, he's, his company's trying to like not pay. And it's, yeah. this is her sister who, you know, is making the claim. So yeah, there are all these little side things. And then each kind of each episode focuses on like one way they try to kill him and then one sister and why she hates him. Yeah. Um, and each sister has, he's done something horrible to like one sister. He's the reason she's missing an eye. Yep. Oh. One sister was raped by him. Yeah. One sister, he stole her phone and took her lover's phone number and changed it to his so that when she was sending inappropriate pictures, he was getting them. So then he could blackmail her. He told another sister he would give her money for her business. So she went ahead and set up this business. And then he's like, I never said that. So she lost everything. Yeah. I mean, he was he, he called the authorities and claimed the neighbor was pedophile so that that guy got taken off to jail and his reputation smeared. Like, this guy was terrible. He ran over the cat and then left the cat in the street and let his wife pull up, run over it and let her think she killed the cat. Yeah. And then he said... No, her, didn't he kick the cat and then the cat got hit by a car? No, he chased the cat with water. He was washing his... Oh, right. But then the cat got hit by a car and then he yeah. left it there and let his wife think yeah. she ran it over. Uh-huh. And then... When that happened, a little side, because I just happened to rewatch this part, he, when she got out of the car and was devastated, thinking she killed the cat, he said, I'll park the car, you shovel up the cat. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you every, mom. he's so, he's vile. He is vile. He is oh, my God. Vile. It's, and so, so they, right off the bat, like, within the first episode, you already hate him. Yeah. So then you're, like, rooting for each time they try to kill him for it to work. <laughs> And it's like, it's just a comedy of errors because each time something happens and he doesn't die. And then they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've got to kill this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it was, it was, so funny. it was really fun for me because of course it's about, well, you're one of five sisters. Yeah. I'm one of five sisters and their relationship is very close. I feel like my relationship with all my sisters is close. Um, so, you know, and, and maybe, maybe have one um horrific brother-in-law in the group that we'd like I, I think there might be one that I'm aware of <laughs> but I wouldn't really mind if he got run off <laughs> so, like, and, yeah. oh but that's so sad yeah but it did um it did hit home pretty strongly for me and it just the whole Irish there it's set in Ireland and just oh my god and I, how gorgeous yeah it was beautiful first of all like, like even if you don't like the show just this <laughs> I've never been to Ireland and I mean it's stunning yeah it was it was really great and just the whole their vernacular is different too right so the mm -hmm. way they say and just the way they do things is very different so it was a really it was a lot of anxiety there were times where I'm like Susan oh cringy cringy so cringy because he was so such a yuck and, and, it and he was so manipulative and evil and he just I mean when you think he can't get worse he can and he yeah. does. And then you're just sitting there like squirming in your chair, like, oh my God, I'm and so it, uncomfortable. And it shows you why a little bit. It gives you mm -hmm. insight into why and just what is. It's not forgiving, right? You don't forgive the guy for his upbringing and stuff. But no. you're just like, 
this was the guy that used to kill frogs in milk when he was a child. So you know that this guy. Yeah, this is like all those little things that they talk about serial killers and stuff do. Like he had a lot of those traits. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> he was pleasant. But yes. So it was a great, it was, it's, it's, it's a limited series. It's done in eight or I think it's 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Was it 10? I think it was, it was eight. Well, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's over and I'm so sad it's over, but it's yeah. one of those ones you, you can't, there's no way it has to end. It's like, it's all about yeah. this guy, his death and how he died. Yeah. And the whole comedy of errors along the way. Um, and just, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is yep, definitely cringy. Maybe not a palate cleanser after watching five days at Memorial, maybe do it on another night and then have a palate cleanse for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's but, just light and stupid. Yes. But it was still, it was still, um, it was funny. Made you laugh. It did make you hate. It, it get a lot of emotion. So it was, mm -hmm. it was a fun one. So that's our and that's it and i think our next episode we are going to talk about binging shows podcasts and whatnot because we haven't done that in a while and we've had a lot of time to binge yes so like tune in again when we will be discussing other shows not in depth but just recommending them giving you little blurbs what they're about yeah sounds good so, right. thanks for listening all right bye Oh.